a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome to Dadtastic, a podcast about two dads. One of us has a fake hip, and the other one has a sexy accent. Can you guess which one is which? Please tell me more about this fake hip, would you? So it's actually the same hip that Bo Jackson currently has in his body. It's called the hip resurfacing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, you know, on your hip, you've got that little ball that comes out of your femur. Okay, yep, the joint. Yeah, so they cut the off. And then they drill in a new ball. And then in where that ball goes into your hip, they put a new plate in there. So it's not like a complete hip replacement. Normally, they'd have to pound a metal bar down your femur. They didn't have to do that. They just had to screw in a little ball, put a new plate in it, and voila, I'm back as, well, not as good, but pretty dang close. So, like, what, what um, you know, what limitations does this uh, new and, I guess, improved, but maybe not hip bring with it you know i haven't found the limitations yet i actually skied the year they replaced it so oh wow uh, yeah so i mean it's it's pretty good they say the 20 year history on the hip says that i won't have to get it done again um so i mean i the limitations is just up to me i guess but But like it doesn't affect your golf swing no well Uh, some may argue it may because I can't, I can't swing with my hips like you say. Uh, turn with your hips, and you're going to get the straighter ball. And, and we all know my ball's not the straightest. But you were working on that towards the end of last season, right? You you were hitting a straighter ball, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. And uh, my game has improved, and I think much of that is due to sobriety, but also that I've been playing more. You know, during the COVID times, uh, socially distancing is acceptable out on the golf course, and I've been doing a lot of that. So that's been pretty good. I am. Um... I actually was watching a video a couple months ago now. This isn't all that recent, but I was watching a video mm-hmm. on the on the effect alcohol has on your golf game. Yeah. And they did this study um, and they documented it where essentially you, you know, if you have one beer or one drink, whatever that whatever you you're into, al- whatever alcohol you're into, I should say. If you have, if you have an alcoholic beverage, how much will that impact in comparison to, to not having it. And then they, they kind of went up and up and up to the point where they, they were, they were feeding kind of the, the people that were helping them out, like eight drinks, you know, that's a front nine. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. I mean, what a drink, a whole essentially. And I think what they found case was your golf game will actually improve up until a certain point. So I think, it's I golf- think it was, it's the four beer buzz. If I could have maintained a four beer buzz, that's yeah. when I wasn't inside my head. I wasn't thinking too much. I was just still having fun going out there and swinging. But my problem was I could never keep a four beer buzz. And so I was good up until about six or seven. And then it just went bad. And that's yeah. when people really started to bet me because they knew they could get their money back. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Well, yeah, it's, it is interesting, but it doesn't just like, that's not just the game of golf. That's really anything. 
you can you can you can put that um experiment towards i think in uh, i think in i mean not probably not like rugby or you know track and field i don't think you'd want to have four beers and then go try to pole vault i think that would yeah be you're probably bad, right and bad idea so, Certainly not driving. Like if you're a race car driver, you don't want to be on the four bit bars no, during a, uh, a race car uh, race or a Formula uh, One event. No, 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 no. But you know, like, I, I guess I would tell you now that because uh, I've been on both sides, uh, I'll take sobriety every day of the week. Uh, yeah. Just you know, and that's not me just touting my recovery. It's just that seeing things seem to be a lot easier sober. I mean, I, I can just, understand it that. Just, it just, I mean, it took me a while to figure it out, but yeah, there we are. <laughs> well, yeah, you learn the hard way. And I'm sure that we have listeners that, that, that are maybe dealing with some of this, but like, like alcohol, the use, the use of alcohol, it can be very, very effective, but my goodness, there's a fine line, isn't there case uh, with overdoing it? Like it, it's very, um, it can become Temporary. very re- reliable, you know, and, and to be quite honest, uh, I was having a bit of a hard time right at the start of the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I was going into the office every day working just like you, you always used to do. And then the pandemic came and I found myself at home a ton and making more dinners than I ever had uh, before. And I was, I found myself for about the first month, maybe, maybe month and a half or so I was having a, a glass of wine or a beer or, or some alcoholic beverage. I was probably having like one or two a night which, which, mm-hmm. which again, really doesn't do much. But, but at the same time, it's not the best practice uh, to get into that because, you know, it, it, only, it only goes downhill from there. So what I did was I said to myself, okay, look, this is not a sustainable way of living. You know, I'm not going to be having a drink or two or sometimes three every night. So I basically said to myself, I'm going to I'm gonna have to do two things. One, I'm going to have to cut back. And so nowadays mm-hmm. I may have a drink. I allow myself a drink on uh, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Uh, and I try not to drink on, and I don't for the most part, Sundays, Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. Occasionally maybe I'll have a drink on a Sunday, but not all the time. And then the other thing I came to, to realize, Case, is, um, and you may not notice it by, based on my physique, but I said, you know, if, if you're going to be into the whole drinking thing, Tom, which I, I am, you better earn your drink. You know, you can't just mm-hmm. sit around the home all day and then, and then at nighttime, indulge in however many drinks you wish. You, you got to earn that. So that's where it becomes a vicious circle because you spend so much time drinking that the next morning or the, the when you when you sober up, you don't feel like going out and exerting energy. You don't feel like going to the yeah. gym or hopping on that brand new Peloton that you're all over Instagram on. You know. Yeah. I mean, and so, yeah, I mean, I, if, I guess you can treat it like a reward. Uh, I want to go back to something you said that, you know, alcohol is not sustainable and it does make you feel good. Uh, and, and I'm not a preachy kind of guy. If you like to drink, drink. I know a lot of people out there who can drink like gentlemen. Unfortunately, I wasn't one of them. Uh, but what alcohol does fix, and I can tell you this from experience, it's just temporary. It's a temporary fix. It's a Band-Aid yeah. on a situation. Uh, for most things. If you're using alcohol as any sort of coping skill, it's just a temporary fix. So, you know, if people want to talk more about alcohol and figure that out, uh, uh, you know, of course, I've got that other podcast, Project Mm -hmm. Recovery. 
You can go there and people tell stories. We had a lady on the other day who had 13 years of sobriety and thought she had a new playbook and new coping skills and thought she could drink again. And it didn't end well. So Mm. uh, right now the pandemic is, I mean, we haven't even seen the aftermath of that, what it's going to do in the recovery world. I mean, we're starting to get a, get a glimpse of it right now, but you know, for the past five months, everybody's just waiting for that last shoe to drop and, we're living underneath the pay less shoes because I mean, shoes are dropping every which way all the time. Just when you thought they were all done, bam, yeah. you hit with another Hirachi sandal. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea what, what you just said, but I'm going along with it. Case. Um, uh, I, I like it when you give there. me that blank stare, you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause, Cause it's kind of like gruff and I go, Oh, he's really thinking about this, but you're not, you're probably thinking about the workout you got to do on that Peloton. Could we talk about the Peloton? Because, briefly. Thing, uh, because it, I'm going to be honest with you. Like I think yoga people, and I'm going to get a lot of flack for this. You're stereotyping. You're going to go, you're going to stereotype. And this isn't a good idea. But they call them a stereotype for a reason. But you know, all those people out there that buy yoga pants that have never seen a yoga mat who swear by yoga. And I'm not saying yoga doesn't have a proper place in society and in this world. I think yoga does some amazing things. I myself have done yoga a couple of times. I've done beer from yoga. I've done the hot yoga. I mean, all of that. Um, But it is kind of a cult, the yoga cult. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I can see where you're going, but you're joining the Peloton group. You know what I mean? Uh, it seems like they bit you quick and, and fast. You're, you're well, in. So hear me out, hear me out. And, and I won't um, take too long on this, but this is what I've enjoyed about the Peloton is I can, I can walk upstairs to my living room mm-hmm. and I can get on the bike and I can go for 20 minutes. And by the time I'm done on that 20 minutes, but that 20 minutes, I should say, like, case I am dripping in sweat. Like, I am a, a, a hot, sweaty mess. And I actually feel, and, and look, it's only 20 minutes, so it's not the longest of time. And I understand you can only exert so much energy in a 20-minute span. But I just feel like after 20 minutes on the bike, I, I've, I've, I've accomplished something, you know. And, and, and occasionally I'll do 30 minutes, occasionally I'll go longer. But, but generally speaking, I just jump on for 20 minutes, especially during the Monday through to Friday work week. Um, and I feel good about it. And, and the other thing I like about it is, is it doesn't always feel like a workout, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. um, it, it, it's kind of fun, which is kind of weird to say. I got to Hey, let's, let, let's do a little role play, okay? You're in the middle of a mall, and in front of you is a Peloton. Mm. And you're trying to talk people in to a Peloton. You see this handsome, gruff, older man. Let's just say it's me walking by you strike up a conversation i want the 45 second sale on why i should buy a peloton okay 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 all right i'm gonna go i'm gonna excuse me sir and you're gonna yeah. say yes i say have you heard about this this peloton concept and you're probably gonna say yes but if you yeah, say I've no, seen some then stuff I'm- on the instagram and stuff like that but i just don't, i don't think it's my kind of workout i'm more of a free weight let's get in the gym and listen to some fallout boy kind of guy that's sure, but l- let me tell you about this Peloton. Is it can sit in your living room or in your garage or within a 50-yard radius from where you spend most of your time during the day. And within 20 minutes, you can get some arguably the best workout um, on a bicycle. Uh, and, and, and the best part about it is it's, it's not all that, it's not all that uh, mentally straining. It's enjoyable. People like this, uh, this workout. It has positive mental side effects that will benefit you in the long run. I imagine you're somebody that hopes to live uh, for quite some time. 
and the yeah, Peloton. I've got, three ki- I've got three kids. I would love to see them graduate and be able to walk my daughters down the aisle, but I don't want to sit on a bike and stare at a wall for 20 minutes. I, that doesn't sound like fun to me. Well, not only will you live longer, the heart will pump, the blood will flow faster once you purchase the Peloton. You'll also, you won't be staring at a blank wall. You won't be staring at the time left like you may at the gym on a, on a treadmill or on a bicycle. You'll be staring at a screen. And on the screen, it'll, it'll have a, 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 one of our lovely, lovely instructors, male or female, and they'll energize you and get you through the workout. The best part about it is you can go as hard or as soft as you would like. You, you don't have to follow exactly what they're saying. It's just a general concept. The idea behind the Peloton is brilliant. It's a reason many, many millions around the world have decided to buy it. Granted, look, it's a decent, it's a decent uh, purchase, upfront cost, right? It's gonna I need a co-signer back. for a big gulp. I don't know if I could afford one. Yeah, it's good. It's it's gonna it's gonna set you back a pretty penny, and there's no ifs or buts uh, ways around that case, but. At the end of the day, if you're trying to live and, and prosper, then then this is the answer. This is the easiest, most enjoyable answer to a healthy lifestyle. I mean, man, you're amazing. And I, I, I bought it just from hello. That accent just gets me every single time. I uh, love I love you guys from uh, England. Yeah, thanks. Well, I'm at, yeah, I'm actually from New Zealand, but thanks for that. Anyway, uh, hey, how's uh, how's Bubbles doing with uh, broken clavicle? Ah, uh, Casey's okay, good. Um, he's happy. Uh, he's got his. He's got an X-ray. He's got a follow-up X-ray tomorrow on Friday, and uh, we'll we're hopeful that because okay, so essentially, what's happened between the last podcast and this one? We've woken up. My wife and I have woken up. And we've grabbed uh, little bubbles out of his out of his cot, out of his crib, and we've noticed he's he somehow managed to push his hurt arm through his arm hole. Okay, and he's mm. moving it around, he's clapping, he's doing all sorts of stuff, and we're we're trying to not let him do that because we want the bone to to, to kind of mend straight, you know, it, like normal. Uh, and I think if he's moving it around too much, it, it's um, potentially going to be all crooked. But nonetheless. We're going to see what happens tomorrow uh, at the x-ray. What I'm hoping to hear, and again, it's based on the results, is, you know, he can start to move it around a bit. That would be nice because he's eager. And I can tell he's getting quite sick of having his arm strapped to his chest. Uh, But he's in no pain. And that's, I guess that's priority number one, is he's happy, he's in no pain, he's laughing, he's back to his usual self. He has been for some time. Um, and hopefully he can start moving it around because he was, again, I think I said this last week, he was like right at the stage where he was starting to get on all fours and actually crawl as opposed to just commando crawl and roll. So um, he was at quite, quite an interesting stage of his development and then snap goes the weasel, the old uh, clavicle decides to, uh, to break itself uh, under dad's watch, but he's doing well. Thanks for asking. How's, how's your medical emergency had had that pan out. Well, on Friday, she woke up and she goes, hey, dad, uh, Amy's gone. And if you don't remember, that's what my seventh grader did, uh, calls her period. Uh, she named mm-hmm. it Amy and said, Amy's gone. And I said, how was it? And she goes, not as bad as I thought. I said, carry on. She said, cool, dad. Uh, and that was about it. You know, I mean, I, other than that, I, I, I think she's probably got some questions about uh, plumbing and how everything works, but I'm not sure I'm the guy to answer those because mm. my ex-wife is still heavily involved. And then lovely Leslie's probably got more answers. I'm probably just not your Google yeah. when it comes to period talk. I am. Um, I really hope like when college comes around for her, like there isn't 
somebody that she's quite friendly with named Amy. Oh, yeah. Because she's probably not going to be able to look at that person the same. It's a pretty common name. And uh, I know a couple of times on this podcast, you've slipped up and, you know, t- talked about your son and his real name. Uh, I'm always fascinated with names, uh, you know, how people come up with them. And you can get a list of the most popular names of 2020. And as a matter of fact, I'm just going to look that up right now. Uh, most popular baby names of 2020. What do you think they are? Baby names of 2020. Yeah. Oh, dearie me. Uh, geez, Case, that's a, that's a difficult question. Let's, I, I mean, um, I'm just going to go with James. Well, nope, nope. So I've got the top four uh, for girls. Uh, number four is Emma. Uh, number three would be Riley for a girl. Two it would be Olivia. And number one would be Sophia. So I mean, right. it, it, seems, it seems like a lot of those names are coming from across the pond. You know what I mean? Those aren't American names, uh, but maybe they are. I mean, I, I don't know the, the root of those names. But for the boys, uh, coming in at number four for the guys, Aiden. Aiden's oh, wow. a very popular name. Uh, Jackson, who that's a solid name, Jackson. Uh, number two would be Noah. And then the number one boy's name for uh, 2020 would be Liam. You know any Liams? I do. Actually, my, my uh, what would he be? Nephew. Yeah. So my brother-in-law and his wife had twins in 20. Oh, they had it. They had 20. They had their children in 2019. But uh, boy and a girl, Liam, was, was the boy's name. And what was the girl's name? Uh, Margot. Margot. Oh, that's a classic right there. You know, you're bringing yeah. back Margo. That's a, that, that's a classic. Yeah. No, so that's... What's, what else has been going on in the world of Tom Hacking? All right. I've got something for you, Case. Um, and so I've realized something. Uh, my wife, okay. and I, uh, our Lord and Savior, Kate. If I, uh, let's just say I have uh, two dinners in front of me. I've prepared dinner. And I've plated them. Uh-huh. Uh, whether I like it or not, I will always give her the better looking dish. Yeah, okay. with your eyes. Do you do that so, because you're chivalrous or because you're trying to impress her? Are I you just, peacocking? I just, no, I just want her to have the nicer of the two. And so, like, if I make a coffee, uh-huh. I will give her the better looking coffee or you. And so the other day, okay, the other day, she's making coffees. Mm-hmm. And I go, hey, i got a question for you. I go, if you, if you had two objects in front of you and you were going to give me one, would you give me the better looking one or the worst looking one? And immediately, Case, immediately, like without any hesitation, she goes, I know where so you're going with honest. this. I know where you're <laughs> going with this. And I said, whoa, I said, really? She said, I just made you, co- I just made coffees and I gave you the better looking one. I do it every day. And I was like, well, how, how did you know? How did you know that that's where I was going with that? I was trying to make it very vague. You know, I was trying to not paint a picture and just say, are you that sort of person? Or do you take the better looking one and give me the other one? Because I, I, I don't really pay that much attention to it. When I'm in control, I pay attention to it. But when you're in, in control, I just kind of take what you give me. 
And like right off the bat, she knew exactly where I was going. So it's like I was trying to catch her out a little bit, you know, play some same some mind games, yeah, just to, yeah. to try and get a, a better picture of kind of what goes through her head. And it's like she knew exactly what I was thinking, which worries me more than it probably should. Like, like, does she always know why I'm asking a certain question? Is that how they operate? Well, I, I mean, I, I think women are inherently smarter than us. And, and I'll be honest with you. I just really think they are. I think they think more than we do. We work a lot off of uh, just gut reaction and that. Uh, women put a lot of emotion and thought into most things they do. But it's interesting that you say this because my ex-wife, she got the Rona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got the Rona. And so uh, I've had- Is she the okay? She's good. Everything's good. Uh, she's just mostly bored. Uh, she seems to have light symptoms and all that. But luckily, I had the kids when she developed it. And so uh, we're all good at, at my house, you know. Um, but I was talking to my ex-wife, and, and she was trying to BS me a little bit. And I said, this is verbatim conversation. I was like, you know, Jeannie, I was married to you for 11 years. I probably know you better than anyone. And she goes, we're actually married for 13 years and you're right. <laughs> but I mean, but I think that's just comes with time about being around somebody, you know, and, and, and living in confined, confined spaces and understanding them and, and, and letting down your guard and your shield. So I, I don't think she knows what you're thinking all the time, but I think she knows you well enough. You think about it. Your parents know you pretty well, but when mm. you were 16, you were gone. You know, and you've come to the States and you've been around and all this other stuff. And so the real years where you do a majority of your growing and figuring out who you are and what you want to be as a person, the Lord and Savior Kate's been there along with you. She's seen the good, the bad and the ugly. And I guarantee there's been all three of those. Yeah, no, there has. And um, I've actually been thinking over the past couple months more and more about just how challenging certain relationships can be, you know, a marriage being one of them um, because, you know, the pandemic and we, we speak a bit, a fair bit about the pandemic, but it has kind of um, taken its toll on a lot of people. And I think the more I think about it, like you know, Kate and I, for example, I, I was brought up in a, in a household, very, very different to the household. She was brought up in, in very different cultures. And we did, we just went about life in a similar way, but, but it, it, it was different um, and now we're here, we are in our late twenties, uh, living together. And it's like, we have our indifferences, which I think is normal. And I think if two, if two people from Salt Lake city, from LDS backgrounds, if they went and, and, and lived with each other, I'm sure they would have indifferences as well. But you know, our 100%. situation, our situation is very, you know, more, I guess, more exaggerated in that regard. Um, and I think, I think at, the, at the end of the day, marriage is, is difficult. It just is. It, it's hard. Yeah. Uh, because of everything that comes with it. I mean, just living with somebody else from a different household and a different upbringing is challenging. And I don't, yeah, maybe no. you don't even have to be married for it to be challenging. You could just be roommates, case it would still be challenging. Or just in a serious relationship. When you think about it, there was this comedian uh, and, and, he said, you know, 50% of everybody married ends up divorced. 
And I don't know if I've told you this before, maybe on this podcast. And he says, uh, Albert Einstein, arguably one of the smartest men in the world, was divorced. And so when you put that in context, you think about it. This guy is one of the smartest people in the world, and he couldn't figure it out and ended up getting divorced. So when you're getting married, they should ask you, do you think you're smarter than Albert Einstein? <laughs> because, I mean, he gave it a go, and this guy created E equals MC squared, and he ended up checking the divorce box when filling out an application. So, I mean, I just think it's, you know, life's crazy, and mm. you've got to figure it out. Um, I mean, I think I saw some lady at the gym this morning and uh, asked her how the COVID's doing, and she goes, I'm ready for my husband to get back to work. Uh, because it's changed the whole dynamic of the way their whole marriage had been because she stayed at home, he worked, and now they're both at home and they're working and they're trying to combine it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the pandemic has created a kind of a trying times for everybody, not in just, uh, you know, business, but in yeah. you know, social, sociological impacts. Yeah, well, so my father, uh, he is a, uh, essentially he was a businessman his whole life and he still is, but, but, he was in between jobs, I, I want to say 10, 10, 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago. So he would have been uh, early 40s. And he was taking some time off work in between jobs. He decided he was going to work kind of as a, as a consultant, um, but he wasn't going into the office. And this is a guy, I'm talking about a guy that would travel, you know, every week. He was on a plane, uh, whether it be domestic or international. He was always out and he was always working and providing for the family but he was really, you know, he wasn't home as much as I'm sure he would have probably liked to have been. Um, and during this time where he decided he was going to take some time off, spend more time at home, do a bit of part-time work as a consultant. Uh, I remember asking mum back when he decided to go back to work. He said, why'd dad go back to work, mum? He said, well, we were just getting on each other's nerves. He was at the, he was at the house all day. You know, he was getting, my, he was getting in my way. <laughs> I didn't really understand at the time. Like, what are you talking about? Isn't that you know, a blessing to have your, your husband at home all of a sudden? You know, and she's going on and talking about how um, messing up the system. He's messing up my system, man. He's getting in my way. He's like, you know, he's not making me a coffee when I want a coffee and <laughs> yeah, that sort of stuff. I'm like, ah, geez, it didn't make any sense until, you know, the pandemic hit and we've had some more time to kind of ponder exactly what it means to be married or, or living with somebody. And, you know, and, and then you hear stories, right? I'm sure everybody that listens to this podcast has heard stories of friends or close ones or, or just you know, relatives that are having a bit of a, a tough go. You know, and there were days where there were a lot of days where I'm working from home, Kate's working from home. So we're in this little 1500 square foot house, you know, and we're rubbing shoulders all day long. There are days I wake up, Kate, and I'm like, no, I'm not going to, I don't want to do that. I'm not doing the laundry right now. I'm just not going to do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. And she gets angry and then I bite back. And next thing you know, World War Five has started. Um, and that's okay. That's good. That's fine. In fact, I think it's kind of healthy. Oh, sure it is. You know, I mean, you're learning to coexist. And so I, I, I think that's there are some blessings from this whole stupid pandemic. I've got to ask you a serious question right now. Okay. So as you can see, my camera uh, is pointing down on me. Oh, case. Your camera is pointing up on you. But I don't want to ask you about the camera angle. I want to ask you, have you ever shaved you know, along your neckline. I mean, you got that whole neared, the neck beard. You know, I mean, it, that good. thing looks. I mean, it looks like it's creeping down to meet your chest for a you know for a football game. 
I have a friend uh, that that his uh, neck beard meets the top of his chest beard. It's very disturbing, uh, uh-huh. and I hope that I never get to that point. But yeah, look. So I love the I love KSL. You know, it's 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 who employs me. I'm a big fan of them. They do great work, and uh, I think they appreciate me to a certain extent as well. They gave me this computer, and the computer is a Dell, uh, and it's a great computer. It works just fine. It's pretty quick, but the camera's down the bottom of the screen oh. as opposed to the top uh-huh and, and and so uh yeah i'm not a fan because you know you can see up my nostrils and you can see my neck beard and uh you know what, i what, interview what? occasionally you know, people that are rather credible uh in the uh-huh. sports world and they must just look at me going why, why, why is this bum on the other line just what, what, what's he trying to accomplish here like like in an hour's time i'm speaking to the general manager of a professional soccer club here in in, in utah and so, RSL. like, what do I do? Do I just do I quickly trim it before that, and then I, then I have know, hair like, down my chest? It's like I don't have time to shower. What do I do? No, I mean, I'm not, I'm just saying, but like, maybe if you took some razors and kind of cut a jawline underneath, you know, uh, there. I mean, I'm not one to give fashion advice or how to look appropriate because, I mean, I've always got a hat on and kind of just a golf shirt that I'm not going golfing in, but I just, my, my closet looks like a Uena golf threw up in it. I mean, that's the majority of my clothes, except for the wonderful clothes that the lovely Leslie bought me, but um, those need to be ironed and I haven't been able to see her for a while. So um, where's she, I'm, where is the lovely Leslie? Well, so because my ex-wife got the Rona, you know, we've all kind of just quarantined in our own little spot, you know what I mean? Gotcha, just to gotcha. make sure, you know what gotcha. I mean? And so my oldest daughter's getting ready for, you know, uh, drill competition. So we don't want to kind of throw a bug into that. And then, you know, her daughter has got a cheerleading competition coming up. So we're just, because these kids have been, you know, these, these seniors, these wonderful seniors who have been looking toward the senior year, their whole life, uh, just to have it go on and off and on and off and don't know if they're going to be able to, performing the sport that they've worked so hard into it uh you know so we just didn't want to do anything to mess up the deal so we're just i've been just cooking last night me and frankie we made manwiches and that was the first time my kids ever had manwiches but they were good you know what a manwich is i don't please explain a manwich is a staple of the 80s uh it it was just you know it's It's a sandwich of some sort it's well basically it's a sloppy joe oh it's a sloppy Joe. You know, you get some some ground beef. I like to go with the 90-10 because I'm trying to look a little healthier in 2021. Uh, and then you just get a can of Manwich and just open the top and put it in there and kind of mix it all together. Yeah, so okay. That sounds good. And, hey. And so we did those last night and they were delicious. Good, good. I, I Speaking of which, I saw a video um, that I need an answer to. So I, I, I want to know, like, what the response was from the video you posted on Instagram um, and essentially to, to give some of our listeners a better understanding of what I'm talking about, it was a quick little video that you uploaded at about seven o'clock earlier this week. And um, you, you entered the video by saying that farting is funny. Um, oh. <laughs> and, then you went, and then you went to Frankie and said, Frankie, what do you think about farting? She said, I think it's hilarious. Bowden, in a creepy little nine-year-old manner, said yes, you know, with his Maniacal. fingers pointing. Yes. And then, of course, uh, Presley, who was uh, rather concerned, or at least came across that way on the video, said sometimes it's funny. But you could tell she, she didn't think farting was funny. Uh, what was the response to that video from your followers? Do they agree or disagree? Overwhelmingly, yes. Farts are funny. I had grandmas going on there talking about how grandma farts are funny. I had, uh, you know, 
seminary teachers, all kinds of different people from different walks of lives talking about how a well-timed fart is funny or even an ill-timed fart can be funny. Um, so my oldest daughter, it's so weird. Uh, and she listens to this podcast, her an ashole. So I know she'll hear this, but I have no, you can't be calling him ashole. Okay. Ashton, Ashton, Ashton will listen to this. Um, so anyways, um, I've known Presley my whole life, her whole life. Um, and I've never heard her fart. Never heard her fart? Nobody in the family has. She doesn't it's crazy. fart? No, she does. Because we know that everybody does it. Everybody does it. And she will laugh with other people uh, if they do it. But nobody has ever, ever heard her fart. You and might so, want to take her to like a um, dermatologist, gynecologist, or, or something, whatever they specialize. Whoever specializes in help. farts. Yeah, yeah. I, I, but so when I said I'm going to do this video because I was thinking down there and I was like, they're funny, but I'm going to find out uh, because, you know, 15 years ago, you could have talked about it like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the, the Internet and social media, I mean, you, you can talk about anything. So I was like, I'm going to ask. So I said, Presley, you got to be on my Instagram. She goes, Dad, I hate to do that. And I go, well, come on, because they're going to think I've only got two kids because you never participate, Presley. So just that's why she's standing at the door looking like she's bugged because she had to go and drop her dance outfit off at somebody to get some new sequence put on it or something like that. So I said, just wait, just wait. And so that's why she goes, sometimes, but <laughs> she does think they're funny. So it's, it, you know, it's, it's been really cool because for the past 10 days, I've had the kids nonstop because normally they would go two on two off and we'd go 50 50 with my ex-wife but i've been the sole provider so i've been doing breakfast i've been doing dinner i've been dropping them off at school i've been picking them up at school i've been super dad right yeah so i've started this thing where i drop my two youngest off at school and i have to drop them off at different times and it's kind of cool because I get them in the car and I know what kind of music Frankie likes. So I play that music on and me and her dance and we get there. But as soon as I get to drop her off, I put on some old school hip hop and I turn it up as loud as I can. So as soon as the door opens up, it's tag team back again. Check it, the wreck it. Let's begin. Party on party. People, let me hear some noise. DC's in the house. There's a jump for door. There's a party over here. There's a party over there. Wave your hands in the air. Shiggy dairy. These three words when you're getting busy. Whoop, there it is. And hey. Frankie, yeah, Frankie looks at me and she's like, Dad, don't do it. And I go, honey, listen, that's the rule of being funny. If you're going to play, you got to be able to be played on. And so she goes, okay. So this morning she opened the door and she stood there and just let me play my music. I was pretty proud of her. And Bowden, he, he, he doesn't like it at all, but he's getting to the point now where I go, Hey, you pick the song, but we're going to turn it up. And he goes, okay, dad. And so yesterday it was ice, ice baby. Uh, but it's, it's a lot of fun. So during the pandemic, these are the moments that I'm getting to share with my kids that yeah. hopefully it's going to leave a lasting impression. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I remember my dad used to drive me to school and, and it was a good time. Cause we talked for about the first five minutes and then the last five minutes, we kind of just jam and have a good time. I mean, the, the, there is a silver lining with anything. There's always going to be a silver lining. I think for a lot of people, the, the pandemic has proven that more time with your kids is not necessarily a, a bad thing. It doesn't have to be stressful and you don't have to always be upset with, with them. Uh, and I, I think that's kind of cool. I think, I think a lot of people case, a lot of people are going to look back on uh, this, this treacherous time, you know, devastating time to be fair. Cause a lot of people have lost their loved ones and a lot of people have lost their lives due to COVID-19. But if, if you were fortunate enough to survive the pandemic, 
you will look back. You will likely, I should say, look back on this time and go, man, that was pr- they, they were precious moments. You know, for mm-hmm. me, I know for me, I to be able to spend so much time with Bubbles um, from when he was born up until this point has been has been awesome. And I, I, I really hope that if, you know, if and when we have more kids, I get to spend as much time uh, with them as I have done with Bubbles. I just fear that maybe I, I won't be able to. And I'll worry about that when that time comes. But it really, look, it's, there is always a silver lining. I think that has to be it. Yeah. And, and, and I, I think you're exactly right. It, it has to be, and you have to look in the good and focus your energy there because if you do it on the bad, nothing good's going to come from it. So what does 2021 look like for you, brother? Uh, well, we got Valentine's day coming up. Case. Ooh. Hey, yeah, and so I, are you, what are you going to do? I don't know. I, 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 jewelry? I don't know. No, you know how I feel about jewelry, a jewelry and clothes and art. I, I try and stay away. It's, um, what if you sat down and this is what I had my kids do for my ex-wife for Christmas. You sit down and you put a little coupon book together that your Lord and Savior Kate can cash in throughout 2021. One would be like uh, 45 minutes of watching bubble without no arguing. So you can go shop and take a bath or a nap. Uh, 25 minute foot rub. Uh, you know, this one is good for me to clean the dishes whenever you present it. Uh, you can present this coupon and I will do the laundry and fold it whenever you want. I That's think it's a great, great idea. It's a great idea. Yeah. That's a genius idea. Genius idea. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll consider that. But, but I'm, yeah, so Valentine's Day is coming up. That's, um, here's what's scary about Valentine's Day. You want to know what's scary about Valentine's Day? Yes. So before Kate existed in my life, I never really had a girlfriend. Like I kind of did, but I kind of didn't. Like nothing serious is, I guess, what I'm getting at. So Kate was kind of my first serious girlfriend. And this is, what, eight years ago? I'm 20 at this point. And I I remember, and and it still exists to this day, she goes, I don't like Valentine's Day. And I go, well, what do you mean? She goes, we're not going to go out for dinner on Valentine's Day. If if we want to celebrate Valentine's Day, we'll go out maybe the weekend prior or the weekend after and celebrate our own Valentine's Day. Because I think going out on Valentine's Day, one, if you want to have dinner out, it's kind of hard because a lot of people are doing it. And two, it's very yeah. corny and cheesy and, and you just got some weird vibes to the day. And I said, okay. I said, well, what do, you, what do you want to do? And so we kind of went, we've kind of gone about it in that regard where if we'll, we'll, we'll try and go out for dinner. I don't know. I doubt we'll be able to this year, but we'll try to go out for dinner either pre or post Valentine's day and celebrate it that way. But I've, I've always been very scared of Valentine's day because she says she doesn't like the day itself. And I don't know case if that's her trying to trick me mm-hmm. um, into not doing anything. Do you so understand? She, yeah. So she can get mad at you no, or, I don't, I don't or she just says it won't. Or will she use it against me down the road? That's what I'm saying. So what have you done in the years past? Have you at least got a Valentine's Day card? Maybe yes. with Snoopy on top? You, that's good. Well, it's Maybe very simple. Roses. Yeah, it's yeah, very roses. simple. I haven't, I've done the flowers, not roses, flowers uh, occasionally. What about, lingerie? what about lingerie? Oh, frisky. Yeah. We are, we are thinking about maybe starting to try and have a second child. So a little... Uh, Little frisky lingerie yeah, may not go astray. You know what I mean? Mm. Huh. Maybe a trip to Victoria's Secret. Mm. 
Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Okay, so, but yeah, Valentine. I don't know why I'm whispering. But once again, I'm divorced, so don't listen to me. I, I'm in the Albert Einstein crew, so, <laughs> I mean, you're actually doing something really good, so maybe my ideas aren't as good as I think they are. Oh, they sound brilliant, which worries yeah. me. Yeah. That scares me, actually. Yeah, I'm a mad divorced. scientist. So, anyway, I've, we can talk about that closer to Valentine's Day, because I guess we're still quite a few weeks out. But So, we've got Valentine's Day, then we've got Freddie's birthday, Bubbles' birthday on the 20th of February, Kate's birthday on the 23rd. That, that couple of weeks is big for me. And then we can mm-hmm. kind of set ourselves in cruise control, await the summer, trim up, you know, try and, yeah. try and start looking good, you know. Peloton it. Yeah, I'm with Really you. get after it. Um, have, you ever asked yourself, have you ever asked yourself what makes a man a man? No, because I don't, I never, I don't like, um, you don't like labels. Well, I, I don't really consider myself a man's man, first of all. And second of all, it's not something that like I strive to become. In fact, I'm going to just, let me I run think, to my front room. Let me run to my room, front room real quick. Cause Leslie got me something that I've needed my whole life, but was just too lazy or to, to get it. But she got it for me for Christmas. Let me just show you real quick. Okay. All right. Yeah. Here Are he you is. Ready? Yeah. 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 Look at this bad boy. Oh, you got a blower. Yeah. <laughs> does that make you feel manlier? It does. You know what I mean? Because I had a, a blower when I was married, but it was an electric blower and you had to plug it into the wall and you never had enough cord. Huge pain in the butt. This right here is a gas. It's got the, the leaf hose or the nozzle on it. And I mean, I'm really excited to bust this bad boy out. You know what I mean? Mm. Take my shirt off, pull up my socks and get out there and do some blowing in the front yard and just, you know, drive all those housewives nuts. Yeah. You know, so there are certain things that make you feel accomplished and then the blower blowing leaves oh, for yeah. whatever strange reason is, is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, I think... Yeah, Valentine's Day scares me. Super Bowl? Yeah, the Super Bowl's coming up. We're not going to do much for that. We might smoke some meats. Smoking is kind of a manly thing that makes me feel good. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, providing, no, smoking, providing yeah. for my family. Yeah, you know? I found a poor man's Burt End recipe that I'm going to send you. And so uh, I, I've been doing a little bit of searching on that because I think that's what I'm going to get into this summer is now that I had success with the turkey on the Traeger, I think I'm going to kind of uh, – I, I think I'm going to – take my smoking game to the next level if you will yeah you should because um smoking smoking will do wonders for your brain or at least it does for me but it fills it fills your lungs with smoke and then it just it like it just like makes its way to the brain and you're all of a sudden i feel like i could bench press you know a lot more than i could um and then you bring the meat in with uh-huh. like the smoke still coming off of it, the steam coming off. You go, darling, that's to the wife or to the girlfriend. You go, darling, this has to rest for about 20 minutes before it's ready to eat. Yeah. And, and you know that they're like, well, that's strange. Why do they have to rest? Why can't we just eat it now while it's hot? But they don't ever ask that question. You say, just put this aside. We'll get the veggies and the salad ready. And then, you know, Bob's your uh-huh. uncle. Away we go. We'll feed the kids. Bob's your uncle. Away we go. We'll feed your kids. Well, uh, we'll be back in studio next week. We had to do this VR homes uh, just because of scheduling conflicts and all that stuff. Mm. You and your real job. Uh, yeah, it's my of- fault. Yeah, it's okay though. And uh, I- I've been I've been looking forward to reading your articles as they come out on KSLSports.com.
I appreciate that. Yeah, big shout out to cancelsports.com. Yeah, you, you, you actually are, for a foreigner, a very good writer. I enjoy what? your stuff. Oh, okay, so I speak the Queen's English. Oh, yeah, well, of course. Yeah, uh, so I don't know why you sound so surprised. Wow. I actually took an English class at the University of Utah very quickly, and I, um, I went to the first class, and I sat there, and I said, well, I spell things differently. So, so after the class... I went to my, my professor and I said, uh, ma'am, I do apologize. I Look, I may need uh, some extra help and guidance. Um, I'm not from these parts. In fact, I'm from quite a ways away. And I, I, I was brought up and I was taught a different style of English. So mm-hmm. if, if in my essays or my writing over the course of this semester, you see something that that isn't right, just put it down to the fact that I was, I was, I was raised in a different manner. I was taught different Better English. Yeah. Well, that's essentially what I was trying to say in a polite way. I was also trying to say, if I make a mistake, it's not my fault because it's how I was brought up. So I, so can you pass me please? Mm-hmm. And it worked. Yeah. I, I think I got an A in that class. Hey, can you give me an example of how we spell something different than you do with the Queen's English? Boy, you put me on the spot here. Um, English versus American spelling. There's a ton. I actually run into this uh, almost every day. Um, generally speaking, there are words or, or letters that are silent. No. Um, so, so for example, color. C O L O R. Yes, but we, we, we spell it in Australia, C-O-L-O-U-R. Uh, Flavor is the same thing. We add a U to that. Humor, the same thing. Labor, neighbor, all of that sort of stuff, the same, the same thing. So uh, apologize. We spell it with an S. You guys spell We're Americans. It with we don't apologize for crap. Okay, that's the end of this episode. Um, <laughs> Case it's it's been my pleasure up until that point. <laughs> I really like you. Um, thanks for spending time with me. I guess. Yeah. Well, I'll catch you next weekend when we're back in studio. You've been listening to Dad Tastic, a podcast about two dads. One of us is going to have to fill out a bunch of uh, forms and say why we're in trouble with HR. The other one is Tom Hackett. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor, Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.